It was going to be a fantastic weekend in the Pac-12. Oh, and then it was. Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions, which delivered a thrilling Saturday of college football. Like, comment, subscribe. If you haven't already, please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show. The Pac-12 isn't out of that college football playoff just yet. USC is right there. What? A game in Los Angeles. And you know, one of the greatest college football games to ever be played involved USC. Maybe the greatest. And it was that national championship game that they lost to Texas. And it was an amazing game the way it played out. Fourth and six, Keith Jackson, that just unbelievably silky voice. You know, fourth down and five, a national championship on the line, you know, like it came down essentially to one play and it was fantastic. But the other part of what made that game so fantastic and so broadly viewable and enjoyable were the stakes and what went into it. And that's part of what you had on Saturday night at the Rose Bowl. It's the battle for Los Angeles. You got two great offensive coaches leading two great offenses. You got a couple of defenses that are, yikes, at times. You got Pac-12 championship implications on the line. USC trying to stay alive in the college football playoff. It's year one with Lincoln Riley. He is already surpassing the expectations of most, myself included. And if you're a USC fan and you thought they'd have a chance to be 11-1 and at the end of this year, well, good for you. I don't know how many of you there are. Let me know. Because this is going very well, and that's a huge storyline because people expected it to be good, expected them to be better, and here they are playing in the conference championship game in his first season. Caleb Williams a big reason why. That guy's a really good football player. I mean a really, really good football player. So is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He just turned it over a few too many times for UCLA in this game. But USC can get to the college football playoff in year one. They've got Notre Dame next week. And it looked like it was going to be a little bit of a dud of a game. I think USC is much better than Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame, on the whole, still kind of stinks. But are they as bad as they were when they lost to Marshall and Stanford and almost lost to Cal? No, they're better than that. But that's a very, very low bar. But still, the stakes are going to be high. And the stakes were high on Saturday night. Because you had all that stuff on the line, in addition to what was an amazing football game. An amazing football game. And USC, unquestionably, the biggest winner of the weekend. You beat your rival. You beat them on the road. You get a berth automatically now with the win, regardless of how the Notre Dame game goes, to the Pac-12 championship in year one. You stay alive for the college football playoff. And oh, by the way, Tennessee got housed by South Carolina. They didn't lose. They got wrecked 
So they're out of your way. And now it's just a two-loss LSU team that still, wait for it, has to play Georgia. A two-loss LSU can, in fact, get into the playoff. A three-loss LSU can not. And so now, with TCU in prime position, but still feeling like they have a loss in them this year, maybe they've got all the magic elixir they need to put it together this season. But the path is looking pretty darn clear for USC to get in the playoff. It's right there. And are they a perfect team? Nope. Far from it. But in this game against UCLA, they showed you. One of the reasons they've been so good this year is the turnover battle. Best in the country, and that's why they won the game. Straight up. Their defense was not stopping UCLA. I thought they did a pretty darn good job defending the run, but then UCLA had big plays. They ran the ball pretty well in the red zone. DTR. If you can't appreciate Dorian Thompson-Robinson's love for college football and UCLA and the way he plays, the emotion, the passion, the willingness to put his body on the line, I can't help you because watching that guy play football is so much fun. It's so much fun. I love, I'm going to miss watching him play football. I really am because he embodies everything that makes college football great. Does he have great pro prospects? No, not really. Like, could he make it? Eh, yeah, maybe. But is he going to be a high draft pick? No. He gave everything he had, and he threw one too many interceptions in that game. And USC's defense got back to their turnover ways. That's how they've gotten stops this year. And that's where they've been at their best. And that's why they won the football game. Utah turned it over once. UCLA turned it over, pretty sure it was four times. DTR had, had four turnovers on his own. Lost a fumble, three interceptions. That's why you win a shootout with the Bruins and you lose a shootout to the Utes. It really is that simple for USC. It's also that simple that if they went out, here's a great stat for you. One loss, Power 5 conference champions have gotten into the playoff 16 of 19 times. 16 out of 19. So USC is now a Notre Dame and one more win. It'll be either Oregon or Washington, depending on how rivalry week goes. They are two games away from being in the playoff. Lincoln Riley is some kind of play caller, man. He he is he is some kind of play caller. And he and Alex Grinch, I didn't expect them to figure out the defensive formula this year. They just need a stopgap, and they have found that with the turnovers. Because you didn't have a lot of great defensive personnel. A couple good bodies here and there, right? Blackman's a solid player. Corey Foreman made the big play. But, like, up and down, you look at it and go, okay, in two to three years, that defense should have more NFL-caliber players than it does right now. And it's been the biggest concern with USC all season long. But if they can just do what they did on Saturday, force a couple turnovers, give Caleb Williams in the offense a couple extra possessions, you can win a lot of football games because that offense is not being stopped. Only team that stopped in this year is Oregon State. And that was early in the year. And Oregon State has got a really good defense. And the teams that that USC's got left on its schedule, Notre Dame and either Oregon or Washington, yeah, they don't have those sorts of defenses. 
They do not. USC's in a fantastic spot with that Tennessee loss. I do not think LSU is going to beat Georgia. You write them off, you look and you say, well, the loser of Ohio State-Michigan, well, what if they get in addition to TCU and Georgia? Yet, even if that takes place, where USC is being compared as a one-loss conference champion to a one-loss non-Big Ten champion, yeah, the answer should be USC. That is still a good UCLA football team. They just happened to lose that particular game. And they got caught in a look ahead against Arizona. Still a good team. They, should have, they shouldn't have a problem beating Cal this week. They'll end the year 9-3. and three. That's a good win for USC. Easily USC's best win of the year. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's USC's best win of the year. I was considering Oregon State, which is also a top 25 team, and UCLA and Oregon State will probably be similar in, in the rankings when they come out on Tuesday. But I think that was the most impressive win for, for USC, even though it's kind of in that shootout formula that Lincoln Riley has had a lot of rather than the Oregon State game, which was a defensive struggle, and they just executed when they needed to. Both impressive wins, but that game against against UCLA, the defense stepped up when they needed to against a really good offense. They stepped up against Oregon State. Eh, it's not a great offense. It's an okay offense, but they forced a lot of turnovers. They got the job done, and they they now have to go home and protect their house against Notre Dame to keep it alive when they go to the Pac-12 championship game. And if you need to protect your house, you got to check out Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you want to list it up. Right now, Locked On Pac 12 listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get the priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. Simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So USC, the biggest winner of the week. UCLA goes into uh, the loser category. Unfortunately, those fans in the powder blue are still going to be disappointed when you listen to this show on Monday or Tuesday and later in the week, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, it's still going to sting. You had a really good team, fifth-year quarterback, a lot of stars aligned. You had a great win against Washington, and you just had back-to-back letdowns. Defense allowed 34 points to Arizona. 48 points here to USC, and you just turn the ball over one too many times. And that's it's it's a bummer for UCLA. And by the way, I, I really do love watching Dorian Thompson-Robinson play. Caleb Williams is remarkable. And, and also, in a similar vein, he doesn't have it like quite at DTR's level because he hasn't played as much college football yet, but he's well on his way to being in that sort of mode. I mean, he's only going to play for three years and then go to the NFL. Caleb Williams plays with a lot of passion, a lot of intensity, a lot of emotion, and gosh, he's amazing. (laughs) Just watch him. Every time he breaks the pocket, I think it's going to be a touchdown. Every time he breaks contain, I think he's going to find an open receiver down the field. USC's receivers are ridiculous. Addison, Williams, Rice, Washington, 
Jackson. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches out there. And Caleb Williams knows how to get the ball to him. And Lincoln Riley knows how to get the ball to him. Those two are such a dynamic combination. Smart, innovative, brilliant play caller with high-level perimeter weapons and a quarterback that wants to win more than anything will do anything he has to do to go out there and win the football game. Time and time and time again. And he is just so elusive. He makes so many great plays through interception and didn't rattle him. Just came back, went out there, won the game. Was virtually unstoppable. What a game that was. That thing lived up to the hype. College football is the best. This is an amazing day of college football. And the Pac-12 was a big part of that. USC a big winner. Here's the other big winner. I don't think they've been in this category all season long. But here they are. The California Golden Bears. On track to finish right where I thought they would. Currently sitting at 4-7. and seven, Which is where they were last year before they beat the other team from Los Angeles at home. Now they will get UCLA at home, and I think they will lose that game. But they are not getting to a bowl game this year. And yet, they're in the outright winners category in terms of how their fans are feeling. You know why? Because they beat their rival. And that's the beauty of college football. You had two 3-7 and seven teams going into that game. Cal didn't even play that well. Stanford played exactly how I expected them to. Under 20 points again. Pretty porous defense for the most part. Cal's offense wasn't able to run the football in this game. Was not able to run the football. Jack Plummer threw two picks in the end zone, both of which were egregiously bad on his part. And they still won the game. And turnovers, again, caught Stanford. As they have all season long. And now the Cardinal will welcome in BYU for their final game and try to get to four wins. I don't know. That seems pretty tough. Their offense just can't do anything at all. But this was a great scene at Memorial Stadium. You had a sold-out crowd. It was Joe Starkey's last big game. It was the 125th edition of that great rivalry. You had the stare down between the students. The axes there. It just embodies why college football is great. Neither of those teams is going to a bowl game. That was their bowl game. Cal, victorious. Yeah, you get the outright winner label this week. Good for the Bears. Let's move to our lean win department here on a Monday. If you're new to the show, you can get five labels on Monday based on how you perform on Saturday. Winners, lean win, no opinion, lean lose, and outright losers. More of a fan-based mood tracker based on how your team performed. But we go uh, winners and losers is what is what we call it here. So lean win, Oregon State. Now, this was almost a no opinion because I didn't feel confident enough to put this in the Pac-12 prime picks. I was going to lean Arizona State, but I was like, eh, I, I just, I don't know. Biggest question going in was, can Arizona State move the ball? Answer, no. Now I'll take, you know, what's next for 400. Um, sorry, I had to throw that in there. I'm a big Jeopardy fan. But they were primed for a no opinion pick here, but they won this game 31 to seven. They ran away with it. It was close at the half, but then Oregon State ran away with it. And Damian Martinez is a stud. I mean, an absolute Steven Jackson like stud. But they win this game by 24 points on the road. They got up for the game. 
That was the biggest question, right? Are they going to come out with that same sort of energy, same sort of focus? Are they going to be able to play at the level they're capable of? Yeah, they were capable of that, and they did just that. And then the reason this goes into the lean win department for the Beavs, look at the lineup of injuries. Jack Coletto, multiple members of the secondary. I mean, it was an extensive list. And then Rajon Wright got hurt in the game, and their defense was still good. Trent Bray, got to be up. I believe he is up for the Broyles Award for the top assist in the country. He's been nothing short of remarkable for Jonathan Smith's team. That is a promotion from within, and man, that looks like a great hire. I mean an outstanding hire. And here are the Bs, 8-3, top 25, going into the game formerly known as the Civil War. Lean win for Oregon State because they battled through all those injuries and still got a convincing win. Speaking of battling through injuries, yeah, Oregon gets a lean win label this week. I thought they could win if Bo Nix played, even if he was hobbled, though I didn't think it'd be easy. It wasn't. But Bo Nix was less than, like, he was not 100%. He was like 60%. He couldn't run. And as a result, Oregon struggled to run the football because Utah was just selling out for for the run and not giving Bo Nix any respect because he couldn't really move. But they made enough plays, and their defense stepped up. The week after, Washington went in there and embarrassed that Oregon defense. The Ducks on that side of the ball responded with by far their best game of the year, carried Oregon to a win over Utah, and now they're in the driver's seat if they can beat Oregon State to get to the Pac-12 championship game. And Bo Nix, man, what a gutty just just absolutely tough as nails, that guy. R- rid- I mean, he was just, he could barely move. He was a statue. But he was out there and he wanted to play and he fought. He made the decisive play with his legs to pick up a yard. And Oregon was uh, was able to get the win. They were also dealing with injuries on the offensive line. Their starting center was out. Then at one point they were playing with two backup guards. I, I mean, it was... A lot of guys going down, and Oregon was able to fight through it, get a win against a good Utah team. Also in the lean win department is something that that makes me very happy because it hasn't happened a lot this year, but it has happened from time to time. I will tell you about that after I tell you that this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be that game-sealing interception at the Rose Bowl. The Bruins are driving. They converted a couple of third downs. Looked like, you know, in a half where USC hadn't been able to get stops all night long. And you, it was just an absolute shootout. And whoever has the ball last is going to win. Unless Dorian Thompson-Robinson stares down Kaz Allen instead of going to Cam Brown, going the other direction. And he throws it right into the waiting arms of Corey Foreman, who is sitting there going, hey, I dropped in the coverage. Did you see me? Probably not. And that thrilled the battle, or sealed rather. A thrilling battle for Los Angeles. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. The Pac-12 Prime Picks back in the lean win department. Outright winner for that uh, particular segment here on the show has to be 3-0. Thought they would get it with UCLA. We're driving for the win. But uh, at the end of the day, 
USC came up clutch. But still, Cal, minus four and a half. Washington State, I am 4-0 putting Washington State in the Pac-12 prime picks. I might need to might need to continue with that particular trend. Everybody else, it's uh, been not so good, but took a step closer to getting back over 500 this year, 2-1. Washington State minus 4, Cal minus 4.5, and, and UCLA could not cover the 2.5 at home. No opinion this week, meaning teams performed exactly how I expected them to for the most part and how we should all expect them to. Let's, uh, let's start. With Arizona State, I asked the question, could they score on Oregon State's defense? They answered that question, no. Not not that surprised by it. Like, their offense has had some nice moments, but when they've gone up against a legit defense like Washington State and now Oregon State, yeah, they've struggled. And that's that's kind of what you expect from, from Arizona State at this point in time. Uh, Washington State, great win. You go in, uh, you get a comfortable win against a Wildcats team that was feeling good after an upset of UCLA last week. But again, I expect them to cover that four points. And I thought that's the sort of matchup that that Washington State has thrived in this year. And remember when they were four and four? Did any of you sell your Cougar stock? Hope you didn't. I didn't. I thought they had a chance to go three and one, maybe four and oh down the stretch. And now they welcomed Washington to town in Pullman. Sold out for the Apple Cup. Oh, what a scene that's going to be this week. Uh, Speaking of the Huskies, there are no opinion. I asked the question, to their credit, I asked the question, could they score 50 points? They did. 54 to 7. Colorado, no opinion. Nothing changed. Just business as usual, unfortunately, for the Buffs this year. Good luck with Utah coming off a loss. That's uh, probably not going to go very well either. Lean-lose. Just one team in the lean-lose category this week. Arizona. And I barely, barely feel this way about Arizona. Here's why. Is it a disappointing game when you'd set yourself up for bowl eligibility? Yes. However, this season is already a success. Even if you don't beat Arizona State, this is already a successful season. So everything that happens from here on out is house money. It's house money. Now, I think it's a lean lose this week for the Wildcats just because you had a chance against a beatable opponent. You know, it wasn't a a world beater like a USC or uh, or a Utah or an Oregon or a Washington or someone like that. It's a team that is good, is better than Arizona at this point in time. I think we saw that on Saturday, but you could have beaten them and you didn't. And it wasn't a great game for the offense. Cougars' defense is really, really good. But we kind of already knew that. But Arizona now, the reason I don't feel that bad about them, and I don't think the fans should either, is because you're going into Arizona State with an opportunity. It's like that scene in the big short, for those of you that have seen it. And that, you're too close, is an opportunity. You got an opportunity to beat a woeful Arizona State team in what is essentially a bowl game or feel like a bowl game, Cal Stanford, same sort of thing, bragging rights on the line. Lots to play for in that game, even though neither of you are going bowling this year. But you have a chance to get to five wins. Five wins. I don't know if our minor Arizona fans, they'd won a season ago. So no, this is not an outright loser feeling for Jed Fish and company because you've already had so much success this year. Big upset win against UCLA. You're kind of poised for a letdown here. That's what I was feeling with Washington State minus four. But now you've got one more game. One more opportunity to go out there and show it. 
talk about that plenty on the show this week. Losers of the week. Stanford. Only way you could have felt good late in the year. Even if you beat BYU, it's not going to mean anything. It's just going to be like, oh, well, at least we end with a win. But it's still be a 4-8 and eight season. You're staring down the barrel of another 3-9 and nine campaign. And the only way you could have had some actual positivity in the fan base is if you had won that game against Cal and you had a 17 to 6 lead on the road. Ouch. Going into the fourth quarter, double ouch. Yeah, tough uh tough times for Stanford, but as usual, they turn the ball over and the offense can score. It's just it's just been the same story week in and week out with Stanford. UCLA, you lose to a rival you're an outright loser this week. Anytime you lose a rivalry game, you're in this category, right? Because remember, it's kind of a fan mood tracker. You know what feels bad? Losing to your arch crosstown rival and getting yourself removed from the Pac-12 championship picture. And now that Arizona lost feels even worse. It feels even worse. I don't think they would have been able to get in anyway because Oregon beat Utah. And even if Oregon loses to... Oregon State, they would lose that head-to-head tiebreaker. Uh, But then Washington would be in the mix. So maybe. I don't think they would have been outed. But regardless, we can't have a five-team tiebreaker, by the way. That's a victory. Oh, gosh, that's a major victory for me here on the show. Um, But, yeah, tough back-to-back losses for for UCLA. They should still be in the top 25, and I figure they will be. They won't be if they lose to Cal, but I think they'll beat Cal because the Bears are not that good. And uh, finally, Utah, an outright loser this week. They're out of the Pac-12 championship picture with their second conference loss. You had Bo Nix hobbled. I mean, it was a very winnable game, and they just couldn't quite find a way to do it. And Cam Rising, it sucks for Utes fans to hear this, but he was just bad. He missed a fourth and two that was wide open. He threw three interceptions that were very un-Cam Rising-like, and he just missed throws. There was another missed fourth down conversion. He had two guys open. He instead forced a Dalton Kincaid and threw it out of the back of the end zone. He, he just hasn't been himself fully lately, and, and that Oregon defense stepped up and played pretty well, but that was a game Utah very easily could have won, and they did not. But you know what did deliver? That wonderful, thrilling Saturday of college football we were all looking forward to. And the Pac-12 was right in the forefront. And thanks to USC, the playoff hopes are still alive. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day.